Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy along with my co-host of the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Well, it's great to be back. And the church has been rocked by several, several things lately. Um, you know, when we say the church, we mean the Catholic church. The Catholic church has been rocked by a lot of news lately. Um, you know, one of the first things was um, that Father Frank Provone was basically defrocked. Um, he, he is the uh, national director of Priests for Life. And, and then on the heels of that, we had Bishop Strickland in Tyler, Texas, and so we decided we're going to bring in... Um, relieved of his duties. Yeah, relieved of his duties. And we're going to bring in Father Pavone. Um, I'm, I'm going to still call him Father Pavone because um, he is a priest for life. Um, no pun intended. And um, we're going to bring him in to help us break down what happened um, with Father Strickland, maybe how it relates to what's happening to him and, and, and basically what's going on in the church. Father Pavone, welcome. Welcome. Table. Sean and Rachel, it is great to be with you. Uh, thanks for having me in for this important discussion. And thanks for all the work you do, by the way. It's, uh, it's a joy to, uh, and an encouragement to see everything that you're continuing to do. Thank you. Thank you. So, so Father, what's going on in the church? Can you break down what's going on in the church? What's happened to you, um, to uh, Bishop Strickland? And again, a lot of Catholics, Rachel and I included, there's a, a lot of confusion uh, about what's taking place, and I don't know if you can shed some light on that. If you if you if you've got some insights for us, well, frankly, uh, there is confusion among us too. When I say us, myself, Bishop Strickland, with whom I've been speaking a lot in in recent days, and uh, and many others who are uh, less well known but not less targeted. In a nutshell, what we're seeing is cancel culture in the church. Mm. We are seeing the weaponization of government. Now, we know what that means these days in the civil arena. Mm. Uh, I was just at the premiere showing of the uh, the film Police State that uh, our friends Dinesh D'Souza and Dan Bongino put together. And if anyone has seen that, and I hope I hope everybody sees that, policestatefilm.net, uh, shows the weaponization of government in a summary fashion of the things we've been seeing over recent years, especially against President Trump and his and his uh, team, to sum this up the best way I can, both in terms of the modus operandi and in terms of the types of ideologies that they are confronting, the same thing that we see with the weaponization of government 
is happening with the governance of the Catholic Church. That's it in a nutshell, that you have otherwise legitimate authorities, otherwise legitimate procedures being used against ideological opponents, or as as Bongino always summarizes it, you know, in our justice system, it's supposed to be you go after a crime in search of a person. What's happening instead is they're going after people in search of a crime or pretending or acting as if they had committed a crime. It's happening within the Catholic Church. Now, why? The ideological divide is very, very clear. There are those of us who, I would say it this way, most priests, most clergy, most bishops are, in fact, teaching the faith, upholding the faith the way it's been handed down to us and the way that they're supposed to. But some of us, in doing that, are more out front confronting the culture and confronting the political world. Both Bishop Strickland and I have been very explicit, for example, in our criticism of the Biden administration and of the Democrat Party for multiple reasons, the central among which is their adherence to unlimited abortion. And there are, there are folks in the church that are very uncomfortable with that because they have alliances with the Democrats and, uh, and they simply want to silence our voices. Gonna, uh, that's gonna, what's going on. I'm going to take, so, so let me just say, I'm going to read out a tweet that was put out by Bishop Strickland. Um, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of a devil's advocate. And then you can, uh, you know, position of, of, of why they might have relieved them in, in that regard. Okay, so they on May 12th, um, uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland wrote, um, I believe on Twitter, I believe Pope Francis is the Pope, but it is time for me to say that I reject his program of undermining the deposit of faith. Follow Jesus. Okay, so some people might say also he, Bishop Strickland himself, says that he believes the fact that he is not sort of crushing or 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 closing down um traditional latin mass parishes and 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 that 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 is also part of it cuz pope francis has come out and said he doesn't want that that you know it's 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 part of the old world the old catholic church and he doesn't want any part of that so okay so so some people say that that that's what why Bishop Strickland was let go. Um, regarding what you just said, as devil's advocate, some people might say, well, the church shouldn't be political. The church should be about Jesus Christ. It's not the job of the church to call out. By the way, I disagree with this, but I'm telling you their position. Um, you and Bishop Strickland are, are by calling out and being more direct and, and, and naming names, um, specifically Joe Biden and his, his pro-abortion policies, um, Joe Biden being a Catholic himself, supposedly, um, that that's not, that that's not the right way to do this, that it's alienating, it's not uniting the Catholic and Christian community. Yes. Let, let, let's talk about the church and politics, first of all, sure. because that's an important point that you raise. Many people will say, and because there's a grain of truth to that, that, hey, the church is not a political party. Jesus established it to give witness to the kingdom of God, not to any particular form of government or party here on earth. That in and of itself is true. The church has a spiritual mission, not a political mission. And most of the time, throughout most of history, taking a neutral stand, for example, on different policy proposals from different political parties is, 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 is entirely correct. 
of a stance for the church to take. We, 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 we ask people to study the word of God and then apply the word of God in all their decisions, including their voting decisions. Why would we be getting so explicit at this point of time in American history? Because the political divide has gone beyond policy differences and has gone to the level of principle. In other words, when you talk about the taking of innocent human life, the policy is the principle. In other words, the principle is you can never take an innocent human life, period. There's no exceptions to that. And we've seen history stained with the um, mistakes when, when we've broken that principle, genocides, Holocaust, et cetera, uh, and abortion. So it's not just a question of, well, you can be a good Catholic and you can take policy plan A or policy plan B. Plenty of things fall under that uh, category. But here we're talking about non-negotiable principles. Here we're talking about the very foundation uh, of, of morality. And therefore, there's no room for neutrality. And, and that's where we're at. Or you look, for example, also at the unprecedented attack on marriage, even on gender. You know, I always say, uh, uh, Rachel and Sean, that, you know, maybe we're at the point today where we can't say a man is a man or a woman is a woman, because for 50 years we've been saying a baby's not a baby. Right. You, you deny basic biology, you deny basic reality, and you're in a realm now that's far beyond and far more consequential than policy differences. You're attacking the very idea of truth itself, the very idea of morality itself. When you have a political party that's doing that, that cannot be tolerated in any way, shape, or form. There's no longer any such thing as neutrality. That has to be opposed vigorously. Well, and unless we call it out by name, there are going to be many people in the church and in society who don't yet see the problem. And that's why we're that's why we're uh, teaching and speaking the way that we you, are right now. You know, Father, I, I, as you were saying that, um, I'm thinking about there's a purview of the church and there's a purview of the states. And if you think of them as their own two separate bubbles, that's great. And so obviously the church probably shouldn't talk about tax policy. Are rates too high? Are they too low? You know, they probably shouldn't talk about the speed limit, you know, but the, when, the, when, the, when the politics of the state cross over into the purview of the church, and we're talking about life, well, now all of a sudden you've crossed into the church's domain. You're talking about, are we going to transition, gen genitally mutilate little children? You've crossed into the church's domain. And of course, if the church doesn't talk about it, you're almost complicit in the bad acts of the state. And Great you point. have a moral obligation to stand up and go, hold up, you know what? This is our space, and we know there's right and wrong, and we have to call out, whether you say it's a genocide, the genital mutilation, the death of, of onboard babies that don't have voices, that is our role, that's our job, to talk about right and wrong yes. in, the, in the societies and culture in which we live. And here's what frustrates me. In Rome, that they have a problem with that. They have a problem with you speaking about fundamental issues and beliefs of the church. And they go, before, for that, you can get, you can get defrocked. You can get fired for actually speaking the, the, the true teachings of the church. You know, some people find this incredible. And, 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 you know, let's, let's address head on what some people will say about me, about Bishop Strickland, about others who have been in these situations. I'll say, oh, come on, this can't be the reason. You guys must have done something wrong. Right. There must be something else going on. And what I say to those people very directly, and I've, I've done all kinds of broadcasts on this, 
where I've taken on a table a stack this high of documentation I have over the last 21 years, I've been battling this with some of the bishops. Some, I, I emphasize, because most have been strongly supportive of us, including uh, 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 Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict, and even Pope Francis at the beginning of his pontificate personally encouraged me and my work. But we've been battling for 21 years uh, against certain bishops who have tried to restrict, silence, and sideline me. And we know what those reasons are, and we've and we've brought it all out into the open. They said for me, for, to me, for example, oh, you're, you're too you're too um, aggressive on abortion, or you put putting too much emphasis, or you got to talk about other issues, or or you can't be so political, or you, we don't want you supporting President Trump, or they they say we know all the different things that have been their concerns. So what what amazed me, you know, last year when they made this uh, whole thing uh, a public announcement. Uh, and they took this action against me. You got certain Catholic commentators who I don't know where they think they come from, but they come out and they start writing articles as if they know better than I do what I've just been through. It, it's just it's yeah. amazing how and I think many of these folks are are simply trying to defend the frankly wimpy way in which the church has been addressing some of these cultural issues. And it's time for that to stop. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned. Every baby is a miracle from God, worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Yeah, you know, there are some other parallels between, you know, this cancel culture and some of the things that we're seeing sort of on the secular side. The other side is that you're getting canceled and fired and Bishop Strickland, who by, you know, all accounts, I know lots of people who know him and say he's just such a holy good man. And, and they're just so shocked by what happened. But also that you have Father Martin, uh, you know, a Marxist. He's <laughs> totally, you know, yeah. out with his you know, support for LGBTQ and, and against traditional marriage and all this kind of stuff. And he's fine. Um, he's actually celebrated. I mean, we're right. seeing that parallel as well. Um, I guess my, I'm curious what happened to you, what happened to Strickland? What is, how is that being received by other priests and, and bishops? Are they coming out and supporting you or are they being more silenced? Uh, and I'm talking about the American church. Let's, let's, let's leave. So these orders are coming from Rome. Rome sent their investigators to you, sent their investigators to Strickland. As far as I can tell on either of you, and I've looked into it, I see no nothing. They, they haven't come forward and said that there was anything. Um, so they're, they're, they're supposedly holding on to this evidence, but if they had something, I think they would put it out there. So there's nothing there. 
Um, but where's right. the outrage from the Catholic Bishops Council? Where's the outrage from some of yeah. our celebrity priests and bishops, whether it's Dolan or, you know, others who we see on the Internet who, you know, have a, a bigger platform that they could maybe come out and support you to? Let me reference a book that that I think folks who are interested in this will find helpful to, to frame the answer to your question. It was written by the former communications director of the United States Bishops Conference, a man by the name of Russell Shaw. And Russell wrote this book um, not too many years ago. It's called Nothing to Hide, Communication, Secrecy, and Communion Within the Catholic Church is the subtitle. Mm. Nothing to Hide. And he puts his finger on what the part of the problem is here, that there is a an unwillingness within the hierarchy of the church to be transparent and accountable to the people they govern. Now, we believe, I believe to this day and vigorously defend uh, the, the church, the way the Lord Jesus structured the church, the reality of the authority of the bishops as successors of the apostles. This is part of our faith, and I have the deepest respect for that. But that doesn't give them license mm -hmm. to act like um, dictators. Uh, you know, Jesus himself said it. He said, you know, among the Gentiles, those who, 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 who are in authority make their authority felt, right? They lord it over uh, people. They act like, uh, like, like, like kings. And it, it, he said, it's not supposed to be that way with you. you we're, you're supposed to serve. So those in authority in the church have a call to serve. And part of that seems to me, is that, you know, when you make a decision, you give a reason for the decision. I mean, we're, we're all equal in Christ. We're all equal by our common human dignity and by our baptismal dignity. We're all equal. We're all brothers and sisters. Some of our brothers and sisters have more authority in the church than others, but that doesn't take away the brother and sister obligation. Be open, be transparent, give a reason for your decisions to the extent that you can do so without violating, uh, 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 you know, someone's privacy, but, but give a reason. And this is terribly lacking. And again, it's not simply my opinion. Russell Shaw documents this and documents the reasons why this is unhealthy for the church. And I think, uh, um, uh, Rachel, by your question there, you're, you're putting your finger on this, on this problem. If there were a clear reason by which, a clear way in which Bishop Strickland violated the, the canonical norms of the church, if there were some clear thing that I did wrong, you know, they said to me last year when they announced this, he said, oh, he's guilty of blasphemous social communications. I don't know what in the world they're talking about. I've never committed. I've committed a lot of sins in my life, but I've never committed blasphemy. And it's like, why don't you just tell us what you're talking about? I can tell you they were not happy with some communications I made criticizing the Democrat Party. But that goes back to our previous point, you know, that they're they're You know, they're the ones taking sides politically. But it's like, tell us exactly what you're talking about. The fact that they're not doing that is a tremendous disservice, and it doesn't help people understand situations like this. So, Father, I want to take you back 20 years. 20 years ago, um, the things that you're saying and Bishop Strickland is saying, the church would not have a problem with. The church probably would have fully agreed with what you were saying. 20 years ago, in America, we agreed that Little boys were little boys, and little girls were little girls. We agreed that marriage was between a right. man and a woman, and and most of us agreed that we we probably shouldn't abort children. I think it was even uh, uh, Hillary Clinton said abortion should be rare, safe, and legal. Now we're going to come forward twenty years, and we don't want to put a gender on a birth certificate because we're not quite sure what the 
what, what the little child is going to be. They're going to decide later whether they're a boy or, or a girl. Marriage is now open um, to all kinds of, you know, in, in different forms. Um, and, you know, there's a fight now with the left to say abortion should be done at the, at the, all the way up to the point of birth. And by the way, this is a great form of, of, of birth control is actually aborting your child. And I always thought the church was a rock, that what you believed 20 years ago, what you can say 20 years ago, you should be able to say today, because, you know, we don't move with the winds in the church. We're actually, we go back 2,000 years. And it's yeah. interesting that it's um, the church is almost moving like the political structure um, ha has moved in the last 20 years. And so I, it begs the question, what is the philosophy of Rome? Why would they, why, why I mean, for, for, for you and Strickland and others, as you mentioned, that you're saying these traditional things that we've always believed in the church, that you're not being reprimanded, what does that say about their view on these issues? Do they, has the church now said, yes, we, you know, we, we are supportive of, of the transgender community and, and genital mutilation. We are, you know, supportive of some abortions. We are supportive of open marriage. What What is the role? What is, what is the, the role? What is the position and when, of and, the church when they when they'll take these stances against you and others? And when the Pope actually is the opening act, the opening speaker at the Clinton Foundation, where, you know, the right. entire foundation is, is basically like about abortion uh, and population control. So, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm, 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 I'm my, my confusion, right? That's, that's what I am. I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. That's the, the genesis this of is, my question. You know, this is, this is a moment in the church when, when Catholics can really uh, learn what we've always taught about the limits of the papacy. Oh. Pope, as a man, is a sinner. And when we talk about infallibility or authority of the Pope, we're not talking about everything that comes out of his mouth or every action that he commits. Now, when you think about it, we've been spoiled in our lifetime. We've mostly, most of our years on earth, we've had saints, literally canonized saints as popes. Yeah. John the 23rd has been canonized. His successor, Paul the sixth, John Paul the second. Uh, these are saints now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, we've been spoiled. Uh, but plenty of times throughout history, there has been tremendous confusion. Uh, there have been times when most of the bishops have there, you know, in the early church, there was a period where most of the bishops were denying the divinity of Christ. So we've been through some pretty confusing times. And, and now it's kind of a reminder that, Hey, you know, the Pope really isn't always so effective at what he's supposed to be doing is confirming people in the faith. He's about, we're supposed to come away, not only from the Pope, but from our, our bishops and from our, our, our priests. We're supposed to be coming away from them with a big exclamation point in our minds, like we're jumping up and down. Yeah, I know the faith and I'm ready to proclaim it. And instead, we're coming away with question marks in our minds. Well, well. That means they're failing. They're failing in their in their jobs and they're going to fail. Where's our safety? Where's our anchor? Where's our where's our our clarity in all of this? Six simple words that I tell people, keep your eyes on these six words as we go through this storm. And those words are what the church has always taught. Oh. Now, when you look at that, it's a body of teaching. This is what Bishop Strickland keeps referring to as the deposit of faith. And that's a phrase that comes to us from the Bible itself. What the church has always taught was handed on from Jesus and the apostles. That's what we keep our eyes on. The good news is the Pope doesn't have any more of that than you and I do. 
He doesn't have any more books of the Bible or chapters of the catechism. The <laughs> whole faith has been laid out openly for us all to know and understand. Yeah. And that's our safety net. It's right there. That's our anchor. What the church has always thought. He's responsible to teach that. Now, he, he himself, is it because he doesn't believe some of it or just because he's a bad communicator or just because he, he wants to in some kind of, of Marxist dialectic create you know, dispute within the church in order to come to an adherence to the truth. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in his mind and heart. I do know he's got some pretty bad advisors around him. But whatever it is, whatever it is, we can be confused about what the Pope says. We never have to be confused about what the faith says. But I'm, and that's our safety. I, I, listen, that, that, I mean, I, I, if you to get, take anything away from this podcast and this conversation with you, I hope that's what people take away. But there are still so many lingering questions. And you didn't answer my question yes. about where the other bishops are. Are you getting yes. support from, oh, yes, say, right. a Cardinal Dolan, a, a very important voice in the American Catholic Conference? Are you getting support, for example, um, you know, from uh, from just in general, the bishops conference? I mean, where do they stand, whether you're, uh, you know, ideologically, you know, leaning left or right? Um, the idea that you could be I'll thrown out way. just for for for, you know, adhering vocally and publicly to the teachings of the church must be disconcerting and unnerving for a lot of bishops and priests. Yeah, I get a lot of support from priests and bishops privately, not so much publicly because they think that they'll get in trouble. And, and, and this is, this is the dynamic. That cowardice is so that disappointing, Father. It's terrible. Um, where I get the overwhelming support is from uh, people all around the country who say exactly what you said at the outset of the podcast. I am always going to call you Father. And the reason they say that is not only the Catholic teaching that once you're a priest, you're always a priest forever, mm-hmm. but whether they tell you that well, you can minister like that or not. But there's another reason. It's relationship. I've been a priest for 35 years. I just had my, my, my anniversary recently. And people are called father because they give life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we give life by the preaching of the word, by the administration of the sacraments. Millions and millions of lay people have experienced that through my ministry with Priests for Life, which, by the way, I'm able to continue. I haven't lost my job. And, 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 and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's the difference in my case, because Priests for Life has always been independently governed and financed. So my board is with me 100%. So I'm continuing to do that work. But people support us, A, because we're continuing to do the work, and B, because Father for them represents a relationship that they have experienced, and that means more to them than a piece of paper coming from the desk of the Pope. And, and I think that's really the answer to the question is, is the support out there? Yes, it is. And it would be nice if, if, if some of the clergy were a little bit more courageous in, in expressing it. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. What happens to you have priests for life? What happens to Bishop Strickland? What would what, what will happen to him? 
Well, he actually, because he remains uh, a bishop, uh, they haven't taken that title away from him or, or his right to exercise ministry. He can ally himself or involve himself with any uh, Catholic ministry that he that he wants to. And, and I suspect he will do exactly that. And I'll, in other words, continue to go around and speak at conferences. He and I were just speaking at, together at a Divine Mercy conference. Um, and he'll continue to be on the speaking circuit and write and uh, post on social media and do whatever kind of pastoral ministry uh, he's invited to do. I, I think that's going to continue pretty strong for for him. As 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 uh, and in my case, it's the non sacramental ministry. It's doing what we're doing now, broadcasting and writing and and strategizing and helping pro life groups to make progress in uh, this this big battle against abortion. I, that's an, and it's, it is the most in, important fight we have. We don't get life right. I don't know how you get anything else right thereafter as a society and, and, a, and a culture. Um, so I guess, it, I, you, you, again, the, the most important point is, right, the, 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 Pope, is a, the Pope is a man. Um, and the Pope has the same teachings um, and books that we all have as well, and we can all read. Um, and I wonder... Yeah. Though, as and again, I think obviously, but Rome is a very powerful and important voice um, in the world, and I, I wonder, you know, if we if we think of the 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 movement that the church has made over the over this papacy, what hope do we have that we get back to some some of the the better norms and standards, maybe of a of a of a JP two? Is is it so? Is it so changed yeah. that? You know, the next the next pope is going to be in the vein of of Francis, or is and again we will say the Holy Spirit works, you know, with cardinals as they pick mm -hmm. the next pope. But we I also hear there's a lot of politics that happen in there as well. Yeah, I mean, can I just say for those who are not Catholic to understand that the pope is picked by by I mean the pope is selected by cardinals who we pray are inspired by the Holy Spirit. There's been a lot of changes of cardinals. I mean, that's one of the things that the the the, the pope selects the next. Cardinal, um, he's replaced some with some that are more aligned with himself. Um, and then as others have died off, he's replaced those with people obviously um, aligned. And that's a natural thing. I mean, you saw conservative, more, more conservative leaning popes doing the same. So where is the, I guess, where is that, that, that community of cardinals right now? Um, we're not wishing death on Pope Francis, of course, but um, when his papacy ends and all things end, I, I, I'm curious about Sean's question as well. What, what do we have to look forward to here as lay, as lay people? Well, the, 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 the problems that we're facing and that we're discussing now in the church are so obvious to everyone that similar discussions to what we're having now are taking place among cardinals. And uh, the, the good thing is that the fact that cardinals so many cardinals have been appointed by Pope Francis, does not necessarily translate into, though they think the same way that he does. He, in fact, has chosen a lot of men to be cardinals from out-of-the-way places, smaller countries, places where, you know, you usually don't, don't have cardinals appointed. And many of these uh, smaller out-of-the-way countries are, in fact, more conservative. So we may have uh, a situation where you combine when you combine that with the fact that many do realize that there's got to be some mid-course correction made here. I have I have a tremendous amount of, of hope 
that 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 the next conclave is going to give us a pope who he may not be a John Paul II, but but he's going to bring things, rein things in a little bit. The other good thing Gosh, to keep in so. mind is again part of the safety part of the safety valve here is the pope has not changed, nor is he able to change official Catholic teaching on matters that the church has settled on or or like those six words I mentioned, what the church has always taught. There's no way that he can change that. So that is an effort doomed to failure. If 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 people think, including again, we can't read his mind, but including the Pope himself, if anyone were to think, I'm going to take one of these these truths that the church has always believed and uh and actually change it as official teaching, that's doomed to failure. Because even if he tried to do that, even if he issued some documents saying that, um, it's the people. The church is the people of God. They are hierarchically governed, but they are the people of God. They will reject that. They will reject that. And uh, and the church will move forward sometimes, you know, without predominantly the help of the clergy, but more with the help of the laity. And we will preserve the faith one way or the other. Uh, but this is uh, certainly, again, it's a it's a it's a it's a moment in the church that most of us have never experienced before because because like i say we've grown up under saints because so i you, you think back to we mentioned jp to uh john paul ii several times and um you know you think of john paul ii you think of margaret thatcher and ronald reagan and the work those three did to undermine communism that offered more freedom um uh and liberty for the human heart uh and a, a lot a lot again a lot of people to practice their faith more freely which communism was opposed to, right? They, 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 the faith is an enemy of communism. And we're in trying times right now, Father. And, and again, I just, and again, I, there, there, is, there, there is a lane for the, for the church and there is a lane for politics. And we've talked about when those lanes cross, but I think it's so important in these trying times, in these confusing times, you know, in culture that the church is speaking crisply and clearly um, about humanity and about life and about the true teachings of the church, bringing clarity to a confused, you know, I think world, but especially our culture, and that we don't have that um, uh, is, is, is so sad at this point. But again, if we did have it, I think a lot more people might be inspired to, to again, think more crisply about what's happening in politics today, whether it's yes, and again, whether it's on crime or abortion or transgenderism or marriage or abortion, there's, there's like so many freedom, things. Freedom itself, freedom itself, freedom Father, itself. yeah. And yep. I'm like, the yeah. church, the church has been a, a, a voice for <laughs> a free human heart, and it's. I feel like it's yeah. it's gone silent, or at least it's um, a, a, a pretty shady gray. And it, sh- and it really failed well, as- in such a public way during COVID, you know, when they agreed yeah. to shut down our churches. Yeah. And and so many, That's again, right. we talked about the co- cowardice of the bishops, the cowardice of so many just everyday priests. If the priests had gotten together, maybe we you know, would have been great with the leadership of the bishops to say, you know, I'm not saying in the first two weeks, I get it, everyone was scared. But after that, it was pretty right. obvious. And what we needed was yeah. spiritual food. And we couldn't get it. We Catholics in particular, the Eucharist, we needed the Eucharist more than ever during that time. And our church failed us. And it started right from Pope Francis, who did nothing to step into that gap and took orders from the government and, and, and became the first example 
of submission. And so I look at this moment we're in and I share so many of the concerns that we've talked about here. And, you know, I, I know people who have said, I'm done. I want to join the Orthodox Church or I'm I I can't be part yeah. of this, you know, socialist, globalist, you know, Pope papacy. I, I have to divorce myself from this. And then I saw an interview with our friend Raymond Arroyo. And um, it was it was it's, it's exactly what I needed to hear. Um, and he said, listen, the church is our mother. And if your mom is getting, you know, intruders come in and they be, and they're beating her up. You don't just leave. You have to stay and you have to defend your mother, the church. And I think it it was it was a beautiful thing for me to hear. I needed to hear that. But it's interesting because so many father of the 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 real church going Catholics are like more orthodox, more, you know, true to the teachings of the Bible and the church and the traditions of the church. Um, I mean, there's some hope in that as well. Right. There is. And, and, and what you're saying, first of all, reminds me of, a, there's a passage in Isaiah, which one of the translations of which is, is this, unless you stand firm in faith, you will not stand at all. In other words, the clarity of the faith, like you were saying, Sean, a crisp, clear, evangelical proclamation of the truth is so needed, yes. not just for the survival of, of our spiritual and religious lives, but for our survival, period. Because if we start down this road, we already have started down this road, where we, to the extent that we forget the creator, then the creation doesn't make any sense anymore. Human life loses, we lose our reverence and our understanding. We end up destroying ourselves. We end up enslaving ourselves. We end up unable to resist this onslaught of tyranny that we are experiencing now in America and around the world, this globalism that is an enemy of freedom, this reassertion of of Marxism, it's all around us. It's as clear as can be. It's well documented, and it's the battle of our times. So we have got to say, look, unless we can strengthen our faith, we're not going to survive at all as a nation or as humanity. That's, 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 That's point number one. Point number two is then, well, how do we move forward? People who say, well, I'm going to leave the faith or leave the church, they're not going to find the battle any less intense wherever else they go. It's like St. Peter saying to Jesus, well, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe that the church was established by Jesus. We have the Eucharist. We have the, yeah, sure. You know, there's an image of that expressing the, the, the church down through the centuries of the golden coin in the dirty hand. The the coin is this, that deposit of faith, the grace, the sacraments, the truth. It's handed on from generation to generation, but the hands that hand it on are soiled. They're human, they're sinful, Mm. they're imperfect, they're they're confused themselves sometimes. But that coin still gets handed on. And those hands do not cease generation to generation. So what do we have to do? One of the reasons we're in this mess where there's so much confusion and where people do come to the conclusion, hey, I don't have a home anymore in my parish, mm-hmm. in my diocese, in my Catholic church. I don't have a home anymore. Why have we gotten to that point? Because we have a very unhealthy uh, way of, of, of communicating our concerns within the church. And this goes back to something I was saying before. We have to learn in the church how to disagree loyally, how to complain Faithfully, in other words, maintaining our our communion, our unity as a church, 
We can't be afraid to criticize our pastors. We can't be afraid or hesitant to criticize our bishops when there is good reason for that criticism. Because here's what's going to happen. Here's the choice we have. The choice is not criticize or not criticize. The choice is that either we find a healthy way to bring forward our concerns and hammer them out, or we're going to grow so frustrated on the inside Mm -hmm. that then we end up either abandoning the the church or abandoning even the faith. So we can't allow that to happen. And and I think this is a real drawback right now, whereby, you know, any priest that feels like he can't, it's like you were asking me about the support that priests give me. Plenty of them are, I would say most of them are strongly supportive. It's like, oh, but I, oh, they literally say to me, I got to be careful what I say because my bishop is watching me and I'm walking on eggshells. But that's not a healthy way to live no. in any kind of an institution. So that's what we got to address that honestly, prayerfully, uh, consistently. And uh, we got to just find some courage to open our mouths and, and step up to the plate and jump into the battle again for the survival of the, the church, the nation and the world and, and the human family. We need to pray for the Pope and we need to pray that. God will liberate him from these very bad advisors. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, remove him from responsibility. He has responsibility more than anybody right. else. The, 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 that, that seat, right. you know, Peter's seat, um, is the ultimate responsibility, um, in, of our time. But it's very clear that both he and people around him. Um, there's an evilness, and I'm just going to say it. I'm allowed to say it. No one can fire me from the church. Um, there's something very sinister going on, and it is very yeah. disheartening. And I just want you to know, and I hope you would pass it on to Bishop Strickland, that there are those of us who are in the pews, the everyday people, living our lives, you know, having babies, raising them, and trying to raise them up in the church. We won't lose faith. Um, but part of the reason is because we're looking to, 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 to courageous men like you um, who are standing up um, and, and, and standing in that gap. And boy, I really pray for other bishops and priests just to, to stand more publicly with you because um, I believe the yeah. American church, you know, um, we can't let it be lost. And, and by the way, many of those cardinals that you say were being elected, a lot of those are coming from the African church, which is, is growing, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. And, 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 you know, I, I, what you're saying, I often summarize by, by saying, you know, the best rebuke against these uh, people in the hierarchy who are doing the wrong thing, the best rebuke is success. My canon lawyer told me as we were doing all these battles over the last two decades, he says, you know, when it comes to the bishops, what they can't control, they kill. What they can't control, they kill. And this is what we're seeing. And our best response to that, hey, you didn't kill us. We're still around. We're still speaking. We're still, our ministry is still growing. And that's the thing. That's where people can help above all. It's not like we can knock on the door of the Pope and convince him to, you know, get on the right track, but we can support the work that the faithful uh, uh, priests and bishops are doing. And then again, our rebuke against those that want to kill us is our success. I love it. Well, Frank, well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for being um, a voice for truth. Uh, thank you for listening. I, and I've been a big fan long time before I had a chance to meet you. I think it was at the White House back in the yes. mid 2010s. But, you know, someone who's stood up and unabashedly fought uh, for the life of the unborn. Um, no one, I think, has been more in the forefront 
um, in that fight and battle. Uh, you've been doing great work um, and are going to continue to do that great work. And again, this is this is your time to go. You know what? I'm I'm being persecuted, and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do it with joy and I'm going to keep fighting uh, because I'm a believer. That's right. And so yeah, uh, we, we are grateful for you and thankful that you would join us at the kitchen table. Thank you. Thank you so it much, is Father. A pleasure. As I said, I'm grateful for the two of you and all that you do. Let's continue to stay in touch. God bless. Absolutely. God bless you. We'll fight on, Father. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That was a great conversation. Um, thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can always find us at foxnewspodcast.com. And again, please subscribe. You get a notice every time our podcasts drop. We drop Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, we enjoy you uh, joining us. We'd love to have a conversation around our kitchen table. Um, talk about all the issues of the day. Politics, culture, foods, farms, faith. <laughs> everything. Everything. Families. Don't forget, you can listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. So be sure to subscribe. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.